Welcome to the Hope for Parents with Struggling Teens podcast. My name is Brandon Joffe. My hope with this podcast is that I can touch on relationship and mental health issues in a way that is more helpful than some of the resources out there and that we can weed out some of the unhelpful trends in the industry of mental health and figure out what really works in fixing our relationships and the stuff that doesn't feel so good going on in our heads. The Inspired Resolution Center is dedicated to helping families with teens. So I'm gonna talk a lot about teen mental health, parenting, and of course, the different family relationships that go on in families with teens. All right. In this episode, I want to talk about the three basic rules to the parenting relationship, especially since our last episode was about boundaries. And you're going to see that there's some carryover and concepts that tie together and repeat. But the three basic rules to the parenting relationship for me are this. Number one, stop what doesn't work. Number two, build on what does work. And number three, practice healthy relationship behaviors regardless of what your intuition says. Now, that last one, regardless of what your intuition says, can sometimes get me into some debates and into some trouble with really strong-willed parents who don't want to hear anything different, who who just really, really think that what they're doing should be working and they just want to find a way with me to get what they do to work instead of letting go of what doesn't work and admitting that maybe what their intuition says or what their common sense says isn't really what's going to work in the long run. And so, As you decide to change your family dynamics and your habits and parenting, the relationship is going to get better if you can just kind of encompass the change in these three basic rules. And I'll I'll first talk about stopping and getting rid of what doesn't work, okay? This concept seems so basic. It's something that if I just said, hey, do you think that we should do the things that don't work? Most people would say, of course not. And if I said, do you think we should stop the things that don't work? Most people would say, of course, let's stop the things that don't work. And, but it becomes difficult in relationships, especially parenting relationships. So stop and get rid of it if it doesn't work. And, and the way that we assess if it's working might be a little different than you are used to. We assess if it's working by asking ourselves first, is this thing that I'm doing, this behavior, this punishment, this boundary, whatever it might be, this way of interacting with my child, is this actually helping my relationship? In other words, is my relationship getting better? The second thing you're going to ask yourself is, am I getting the result that I want by doing this behavior? And so when we assess, if we ask ourselves, is this bettering the relationship? Is it changing our child's behaviors in the long run? A lot of times we, we kind of, uh, yeah, I think it will. I think it might be. I, I'm pretty sure there's evidence that it is. And, and it's really hard for us to be honest and go, okay, you know what? I've been repeating this over and over again. And even though at times it might kind of work, it's not really working. And so parents often think that repeating themselves over and over again is good parent. Even though if I were to ask them, hey, is this working? They would give me a, oh, heck no. 
But there's something inside us that when we think something should be working, we keep going over and over and we do it again and again and again. And I'm asking you, let it go. It's not working. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked. Let's just let it go this time. And so it's hard for parents to stop doing these things that don't work when they don't have anything to replace the behavior with. Okay, so one of the reasons that a lot of experts and therapists have written tons of books encouraging parents to do more things, right? These books that have the list of things to do, and it says, well, do this instead of that, and that instead of this. And the the reason there's so many books out there contradicting each other is because as as it's kind of like written in our DNA, I think, we're always looking for something and we have a hard time letting go and creating space and just saying, hey, I don't know what's going to work, but I'm going to get rid of what's not working first, okay? It's best to stop doing that thing that doesn't work for a significant period of time, opening up space so that there might be other options that you're aware of or have an opportunity to make their way into your daily life, right? You're not going to stumble upon things often unless you make space to be able to stumble upon it. And so it's best to stop doing what's not working. Okay. And create that space so that you don't continue that insanity of doing what's the same thing over and over and over again. When parents tell me that nothing works, they've tried everything. The first thing I usually tell them is, okay, well, that's, we can start there. Stop everything then. If nothing is working, it's time to stop everything. And so it's kind of funny because for years, I don't do this as much, but for years, I would challenge families who had significant conflict at home and and things just really couldn't get much worse. I, I would challenge them to stop all parenting, just stop all the parenting. And they'd look at me like I'm crazy and ask me what I mean. And I'd say, stop all parenting. You need to give them the necessities, right? Make sure that they can eat, make sure that they maybe get to school, but don't fight them to get to school. Don't argue with them over their clothes and whether or not they're going out right or coming back on time. Just give yourself a two-week break. Okay, I challenge you. What I would say is I, I challenge you to do no parenting for two weeks. And this this usually was met with just total, what? What are you talking about? Just shock. And so um, I would say, provide the necessities, let everything else go, and take time to rest and reflect and maybe even begin your own healing, okay? I would give them permission to just stop. And I tell them, hey, you know what? You can have your money back if your house burns down, your child ends up in prison, or that's the one, the, the two weeks that makes everything totally worse, right? And, and so these days, I'm not going to make that challenge. And I'm not going to promise anybody that because I'm a little smarter these days in my practice and I have more to lose. However, so I, I've challenged a lot of families with this. And so far, there's no burned houses. There's not one death, not one serious injury. I've never had anybody actually come back to me and report anything negative. And and I've done this with a lot of families over the years. And, And so 
what I've had is a lot of families, I, I haven't had one single family come back and report that symptoms in their family got worse. But I've had a lot of families say, oh my gosh, Brandon, that was amazing. Oh my gosh, Brandon, I feel so much better. I I talked to a friend that I never talked, I haven't talked to in months. I've, I actually went out on a date with my husband or my wife. I've had parents tell me, oh my gosh, the kids were actually much better better. And, and so I've, I've had a lot of families, countless families tell me, yeah, so the chaos totally went away. And the kids, I think they were super confused and they really didn't know what was going on. So they kind of did a lot. They weren't perfect, but they did a lot of the things that they weren't doing before and stopped doing some of the things that they weren't supposed to be doing. And so in that it's not a long-term fix, but in that two-week period, what happens is there's a whole shift. There's a mindset shift in the parents. They, I think, realize that there's not an urgency to figure out, figure out, figure out. There's an urgency to relax and stop, to take note, to get patient, to begin the process of healing even if your child is not changing quite yet. Okay, so I would never have a family just stop parenting forever, right? But it works. It's kind of like they create this vacancy so that they can start getting creative with boundaries, so that they can start thinking about things that do work. I've had a lot of families, when I challenge them with this, what they'll, in the beginning, in the intake session, they can't tell me anything that works. In fact, they tell me nothing works. We've tried everything. We've been to 10 therapists. We've read all the books and nothing works. And then at the end of that two weeks, they'll go, well, actually, there's a few things that do work. And so I, I really encourage parents to get in the mindset when things get too difficult. I know that your neighbors, your parents, the teachers at school are all on a big mission to get you to do more, to do more, 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 more. But I'm telling you just, whoo, take a deep breath. Calm down. Don't try to fix anything. And just stop and think about all the things that aren't working and get rid of them. Okay? And, and I, I think that when parenting gets real difficult, when you're able to do that, that's the beginning of the healing. That's the beginning of being able to get more creative and, and, and more powerful, right? Empowered to figure out how to heal the relationships or find things that work for the family. And so number two, continue to do more of what works, okay? And I, I have a few things for you to kind of think about. I know when things are really stuck in crisis, it's hard to figure out what works. And some of you right now are saying, well, Brandon, you understand, it is the yelling that works. That's how I get them to stop. And, and But you're not assessing it the same thing, way that I do, right? You're not asking yourself, well, is this healthy and good for the long-term relationship? Are the behaviors actually changing in the long run? And that's an important way to make that assessment about what works. And, and so once you start thinking about, well, what works? One of the first things I ask parents to think about is when does talking to your child seem to go well? 
right? When, what's a good time to talk to your child? When do they seem more receptive? And that would go in, 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 when you figure a few of those places and times out, that would go in the win in the this works category. I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I can remember that no matter what was going on between me and my parents, for some reason, being in the car with my dad, it worked. He could talk to me about anything. He could bring anything up. He could have those hard conversations with me. And I was receptive in the car. I can even remember a specific time that he was having me drive to one of the properties he managed to clean bathrooms. And for whatever reason, this drive sticks out at me because I liked being in the car with my dad and whatever he had to say, I was willing to listen. And it was kind of a safe place for me because there's not much you can do, right? We're in the car and he seemed to be in a good place when he was in the car. Okay. So that was something that worked with me as a teenager is my dad talking to me in the car. And so find times that work for talking. It's, It's times, it's places, it's tones, it's ways, you know, figure out how, what works in terms of talking to your child. And then figure out what boundaries work. And hopefully you've listened to the couple of podcasts on boundaries and hopefully you know what a healthy boundary is. But remember, when we assess boundaries, it's not, is this changing my child? It's, Am I protecting whatever it is that I want to protect, even if I have to follow through with the boundary or what a lot of people call consequences? Is my boundary healthy and is it working? And so figure those boundaries out and write them down. And then what works, I I a lot of times like to have parents think about, well, what works for self-care in your life? You'll hear me talk about this later on. The six pillars is how I've organized all the areas of our life that we need to put time, effort, and energy into, okay? The areas that we need to try to balance out with each other. And so think about all the areas of your life and how what works in terms of self-care, okay? What works in terms of making you okay even when your children are really not okay, all right? And then the last kind of piece to really thinking about what works is focus on areas that you have control over, write them down. Okay. What do you still have control over and how can you take healthy control over those things? And so that's a start. There's a lot more that goes into figuring out what works, but that's a start. And and hopefully I'm getting you away from the mentality of what what punishments work for my child or what rewards work for my child. Okay. And so the third basic rule for healthy parenting is don't rely on your emotional intuition, but instead practice healthy relationship behaviors continuously regardless of your children changing or not changing, behaving or misbehaving, okay? Now, I'm about to get in trouble right now, so just forgive me, please. I'm going to offend a few of you, but it's because your emotional state, when you're really emotional, okay, you feel like facts come up, okay? And those aren't facts, those are feelings and those are sometimes impulsive kind of thoughts, okay? Now, it's totally taboo to challenge a parent's intuition, especially a mother's intuition. And and don't, don't get me wrong, I totally acknowledge that there is a special mother-child bond 
And I'll also admit that, that parents know their own children, most parents know their own children on a level that even as a therapist, I'll never be able to know the children that I work with, okay? It, it, it almost, the, the way that you know your children, you can sense things in them, sometimes actually feels and seems supernatural, okay? This is no excuse, though, to make impulsive and consistently unhealthy parenting decisions based on the feelings that it should work or the feelings that you're right, even though the evidence is saying that it's not working, okay? In fact, I would argue that it's best to make a parenting plan when you're not in crisis, when you don't feel really emotional, when you can be a little more objective, when you're not having to rely on that parent intuition that you sometimes need to use in life. And so I would say that every parent should sit down when they can be objective and write down boundaries, write down lessons they want to give their child in the way that they want to give them and when they want to give it to them so they can do it in a healthy way. Okay. And, and so a lot of times you'll experience a crisis and that will lead you to say and do things that work or don't work. And a lot of times it doesn't work in the crisis. And then when you get out of that, that's the time when everybody's calm, when you can sit with your spouse or you can sit with your therapist, or you can sit with your children to come up with plans to make decisions about who you're going to be and how you're going to behave during these difficult times. That's going to lead to a lot healthier behaviors that lead to better relationship and more influence in your child's life in the long run, okay? As simple as these three basic rules are, as parents, we find infinite justifications and, and reasons to continue doing what does not work. And, and I again challenge you to be honest. That, that keeps us from being able to make that space to find healing to find growth in that relationship. Our ramped up emotions and hurt feelings cause us to go down a rabbit hole that we're, we're feeling start dictating how we behave and how we run these relationships. And then it becomes difficult to put the relationship first and better ourselves and the person we love in the long run, okay? So my hope and my prayer for all of you parents listening is that you'll be humble enough to admit to what is not working and patient enough to figure out what does work.